discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. And take your seats in the heavenly places where you belong. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. So I want to share some few things with you that I believe will help you for your life. Okay? Are you ready to hear the word of God? Beautiful. So, First John chapter four, verse nine. First John chapter four. Let's read from verse nine. How many of you know that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to humanity? And how many of you know that God loves you with all of His heart? You know, He says, "In this was manifested the love of God toward us." In this particular thing, God's love was shown towards you and I, towards all of humanity. Whether you are Ashanti, Eve, Kweu, or Frafra, or Hausa, makes no difference. It says, in this was manifested the love of God toward us, or you are Nigerian. Because that God sends his only begotten son into the world. This is the love of God, that God sends his only begotten son into the world. He sends his only begotten son, his best into the world. For what purpose? So that we might live through him. He sent his son so that we might what? Live through him. Next verse, verse 10. He says, herein, in this is love. Not that we love God. Did you love God? Humanity didn't have the wisdom to love God. But God made initiated. Sometimes you have a, a, a guy and a lady who are interested in each other. They, they both know that they like each other. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. They both know that they like each other, but nobody wants to initiate a move. Nobody wants to make a move. Wow. So God, God decided to make the move. He says, herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. The word propitiation is mercy seat, meaning that God sent Jesus Christ to be the means for declaring you not guilty before God and the means of declaring you perfect before God. Has Jesus come? Ask your neighbor, has Jesus come? Jesus has come, right? Jesus has died, right? Jesus was buried, right? Jesus was raised from the dead. Whether you believe it or not, it happened. And he ascended into the heavens to sit on the right hand of God. And the fact that he came and died is a fact, is a proof of the fact that God has forgiven you. 
and God has brought you close to him. He says he sent Jesus Christ to be the propitiation for our sins. The propitiation. I'm just, I've just explained the word propitiation for you. It means mercy seat. It means the one who brings you forgiveness. If you read in chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2 from verse 1, you see it. 1 John 2, 1. Actually, God is, God is not even looking at sins anymore because the payment of sin has been made by Jesus Christ. So there are a lot of people who are running away from God because of their sin, because of their wrong, because of something they did. Maybe you have done 75 abortions. Makes no difference. God still loves you. The love that God has for you is not because of what you did or did not do. Do you believe it? A lot of people don't believe it. A lot of people feel and think that they is, they, God loves them because they are good. Or God does not like them or does not love them because they are not good. But that is not how God thinks. You must get to know how God thinks. And I'm trying to share with you how God thinks about you. What does God see when he looks at you? Are you seeing what I'm talking about? He says, my little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. Then he says, he says, the children are those who are into sinning. He says, I'm writing this to you so that you don't sin. But, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We have an advocate, someone who is talking on our behalf. Someone who is interceding for us. The word advocate means a lawyer or an intercessor. Someone who is always talking on your behalf. Jesus Christ the righteous. Then he says, and he is the propitiation for our sins. What's the meaning of propitiation? Mercy seat. Or the expression of your forgiveness. He is the expression of our forgiveness. He is the demonstration of the fact that God has forgiven. God is not counting man's wrong against him. A lot of people think that, when they think about God, they think that God is, God is, God is against them. Because of one or two things that they've done or have not done. One or two things. Hmm? Okay, this is amplified. This is, and he, that same Jesus himself, is the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice. Have you seen it? For our sins. And not for our own alone, but also for the sins of the whole world. When Jesus was walking around, Jesus was, was, was the son of God sent into the world to reconcile the world unto God. God does not hate humanity any longer. He doesn't at all. Can you imagine? He never did. Actually, it is man that left and felt that God hates them. But God has never hated them. God has always been on the drive of, or in the mood, in the mood of bringing you to himself, getting you closer to himself. And he did that through Jesus Christ. Are you seeing it? Now, if you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse, let's read from verse 17. It's nice. I'm going to mention that very soon. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all these things are of God. Who has reconciled? Who has what? Reconciled. All these new things are of God. Who has reconciled? What does reconciliation mean? It means to bring into friendship once again, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So God has brought us into friendship once again to himself. So God is a friend. God is not an enemy. Tell me about God is your friend. God is friend. And God likes you. God wants you to know that. He says, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. How? By Jesus Christ. Jesus is the means. Jesus is the best that ever happened to humanity. He's the means of reconciliation 
for man to God. And all things are of God who, are, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Next verse, next verse, verse 19 is what I want you to see. It says, to wait or to witness. This is, the demonst- this is what God did, to wait that God was in Christ. God was what? God was in Christ. So as Jesus was moving around, God was in him. Doing what? He says, so God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Read the rest to me. Everybody, let's read it together. One, two, go. Let's read the message version. The message version of this, of this verse. He says, God put the world square with himself through the Messiah. That's Jesus Christ. Giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. He says, God has given us a task of telling everyone what he is doing. Have you seen it? God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. So when it comes to sins, God has offered for it already. Are you surprised? Yeah. God has done it in Christ. You are forgiven. Tell anybody you are forgiven. God is not against you. When you think about God, don't think about someone who hates you. Or someone who wants to destroy you. Think about someone who loves you and is willing and ready to help you in life. Wow. Tell me about wow. Do you like what I'm saying to you? Yeah. That, that's, it says, in this was manifest the love of God. Do you remember? Go back to that place. First John chapter 4, verse 9. Go to First John 4, 9. And this was manifested the love of God toward us. How? Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world. Then it is so that we might live through his son, Jesus Christ. So, there's a reason why Jesus came. Not only to take away sin. For most people, they feel that their sin is blocking them from God. But God is seeing beyond that. That's why I'm talking to you like this. God, there's something God wants you to have. He wants you to live, start living through his son, Jesus Christ. He wants you to start existing, start journeying in life through Jesus Christ. I'm going to show you what it means, okay? Now, if you go, go to John chapter 3, verse 16. You know John 3, 16, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have what? everlasting life. Isn't it? Yeah. Then verse 17. Maybe you've never read verse 17 before. Today I'm going to read it for you. It says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. God did not send Jesus Christ to come and condemn the world. Jesus did not come to come and condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. Have you seen it? Yeah. So Jesus is the expression of God's salvation and God's goodness to humanity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And all you need to do is to believe in the fact that Jesus came on earth. And believe in the fact that he died on a certain cross on a certain day. And he was raised from the dead on a certain day. Just believe with that, that with your heart. Even though you have not seen with your eyes. Hear the word of God and believe. Hear what God has to say. God has a testimony concerning his son. Hear what God has to say. And just believe what he has, he has done. And if you believe it, you, you are saved. That's how salvation is, is acquired. By believing what Jesus did. By believing what God did in Christ for you. By believing the fact that God has forgiven you. How difficult is that one? Is that one difficult? It's, very, it's the simplest thing on earth. 
believe the fact that he came to come and die for you. He came to come and be a substitution for you. If you read Romans Roman chapter 4 verse 25, he says that Jesus Christ was delivered on account of our offenses. Jesus was given. Hmm? Who was delivered for, for our offenses? He was given out. He died for our offenses. All your wrongs were put on Jesus Christ. All of humanity's wrong was put on Jesus Christ. For he was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. He was raised again from the dead so that we can be declared. The word justification means to be declared not guilty or to be declared righteous. So that we can be declared righteous. I mean, what is better than this? So in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and verse 10. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and verse 10. Do you love your Bible? So I'm trying to explain, I'm going to explain some things to you. What, what, what actually happened to you when you gave? I know a lot of us are born again. A few of us are not born again. So I'll lead a few people to cry. I know. I know that you have been born again, but you don't really understand what has happened. You mumbled some words, and you, if you've noticed, you realize that all your foolish things are just continuing. You're just continuing in foolishness. I, I don't know if you have seen some before. This is because you don't have understanding. There's an understanding. So if you've noticed, you can keep your finger here. I showed you how that, it says, in this was the love of God manifested. Not that we love them, isn't it? Okay, go back to that place. First John chapter 4, verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God, isn't it? Toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. We might what? Live through him. Next verse, verse 10. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So he's showing you various things that Jesus came to do. He came to be a propitiation for our sins. He came so that we might live through him, isn't it? Now jump to verse 16. Look at verse 16. Same book, same chapter. Now verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. You must know and believe in the love that God has for you. Know that God's love for you is eternal. God's love for you is permanent. God does not uh, uh, love you when you are good. He loves you even if you are not good. And we know, we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Have you seen it? Now, jump all the way to chapter 5. And let's read verse 20. He says, and we know that the son of God, who is the son of God? Jesus Christ, right? We know that the Son of God has come and has given us an what? Understanding. Jesus came to, first of all, he came so that you might be forgiven of your sins. And so that you might be made the righteousness of God. Now, second of all, he came so that you might live through him. Are you seeing it? Then this one is letting us know that he came. Says, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in the son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. He says Jesus also came apart from coming to die for your sins. And all of that. He came so that you might live through him. And he came so that you might have a certain kind of understanding in life. Now if you go to class and they teach you and you don't understand. Will you be able to produce any fruits at the end of the, the, the day? Will you be able to pass your exam? What is the key to passing your exam? Understanding. If you don't have understanding, will you be able to pass your exam? No matter how many times you go for the class, you are going to fail. If there's no understanding, if you don't understand Pythagoras theorem and differentiation and integration and all of that, brother, you are in trouble. Is it true? 
Yeah. So understanding is key. Without understanding, you cannot produce fruits. When you get understanding, you get fruits. If you read in Matthew chapter 13, from verse 18, Jesus was talking about the parable of the sower. Okay, and he was explaining what it meant. He says, someone went out to sow. He sowed, some fell by the roadside, some fell on stony ground, some fell in, in, among stones, and then others also fell on, on, good, on good grounds. And he started explaining what it meant in verse 18. Matthew 13, 18. Here he dealt with the parable of the sower. Verse 19 says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands this is not, if he doesn't understand the word of God, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives it by the wayside. The guy did not produce fruit because he did not understand the word of God that came to him. Are you seeing it? The word of God works. The key to making sure the word of God works in your life is understanding. So, in verse 23, the guy who produced fruits, the guy who had fruits, who bore plenty of fruits, verse 23, it says, But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that hears the word and what? Understands it. Have you seen it? When he understands it, he also bears fruit and brings forth some 100 fold, some 60, some 30. So, the key to your fruitfulness in life is an understanding, having understanding. Guess what? Jesus came so that you might have a certain kind of understanding for life. So that you can live the way he has designed for you to live. Now, what is that understanding? John chapter 1 John 5 20. This is not John, it's 1 John. There's a difference between John and 1 John. Okay. He says, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us what? An understanding. Then he lets you know. He says, that we may know him that is true. Then he says, and we are in him that is true. The day you became born again, you were placed into God, and God was placed into you. You are secured in God. You are in, you are in God, and God is in you. The day you became born again, you became a child of God. You became, a, you became the son of God, the daughter of God. God does not joke with you at all. At all. God cares about you more than you ever think in your life. <laughs> if you read in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, I'm going to mention a lot of scriptures, so just follow me and make sure you write something down, okay? If you don't have anything, don't worry. Jesus is the Lord. You, you have your phone, you can make some notes with your phone. He says, casting the whole of... Let's read the King James and read the Amplified, okay? Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. This is what he says. He says, God cares for you. Tell me about God cares for you. Now, let's read the Amplified so that you understand it very well. It says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, that is on God. Why? For he cares for you, what? Affectionately. God cares for you. Affects. God has feelings for you. Wow. Tell me about God has feelings for you. Strong feelings for you. Ask me, have you ever had feelings for somebody before? Hey. Your neighbor is not talking, he's just saying, hey. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, have you had feelings before? You've had feelings. God has strong feelings for you. He says, for he cares for you, what? Affectionately and cares about you watchfully. God cares about you watchfully. Meaning that God is not watching you to destroy you. God is not watching you to pick out your mistakes. 
don't know if you ever heard the song. Nyame waha, nyame wofie, nyame waha, nyame wo baby ara. Oh yeah, bonia, oh behu, oh bete, oh betcho, oh yeah, bonia, orange sha, oh that. That's not true. It's not scriptural. God is over here. God is in the house. God is over here and God is everywhere. If you sin, he will see. He will write. He will hear. If you sin, he won't bless you. <laughs> he will never bless you. That is not true. Can you? And a lot of Christians think in terms, that is the understanding they have. That if I do something wrong, God is never going to bless me. That is why you keep doing wrong. It's because you don't understand how God cares about you. Just imagine a boy who likes you and you don't like him. You see? That one. And hold on, hold on. And you are going out with other people and doing all kinds of things. And this boy is always around. When you go and your heart is broken and you come back, you come and cry on his shoulder and it's okay. He will just, oh. God is like that boy. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people are doing all kinds of things, but God still, he has the position that he has for you is that I care about you. Yeah. You're, you see, you're, how you see God, what you think about God makes all the difference. Do you see? If you think God does not like you, you have trouble. If you think God is holding something against you, you have trouble. You don't have a good understanding. You don't have a good understanding. So he says he cares about you watchfully and cares about you. Cares for you. Affectionately. Cares for you. Tell about God cares for you. God cares about your sickness. God cares about your depression. God cares about your failure. Yeah, God cares. God cares. God wants you to succeed. Can you imagine God wants you to succeed? Yeah, God wants you to succeed on earth. Yeah, God likes you. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to go forward. He wants you to be the best of you that you can ever be. Yeah, and he's, he's ready to help you as shown us in the scriptures. Now, there are a lot of things God has done. The, the day you became born again, you became a child of God. That's the truth. If you read in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, look at 1 John 3, 1. It says, beloved, it says, behold, what manner of love? Behold, behold. I mean, look at it. The word behold is a prophetic word. It means look at it with the, with the eye of the spirit. Behold, look at how much the, the manner of love the father has bestowed upon us. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed, lavished upon us. God has lavished you with love. He has lavished you with, with his best. Wow. How many of you have been disowned by your parents? You've been disowned by your mother? Because you stole something from the soup the last time? Or because you chopped your school fees? I don't understand why you would chop your school fees. I honestly don't understand. I met someone who had spent all of, all of his school fees. Yes, all of it. To buy phone and other things. And I was wondering what he was thinking, what was going on in his mind. Education and your phone, which one is better? Hey. 
Anyway, you let's not talk about such things. He says, Behold, say behold. behold. What manner of lamp the Father has bestowed upon us. What is a lamp? So that we should be called the sons of God. Now that you are born again, you are a son of God. If you are a son of God, I mean, if your father being a man, being a human being, and not being so correct, likes you, and wants to do good things for you, very few fathers do evil to their, to their children. Almost every father on earth likes their children. No matter how you are, no matter what you are, they like you and they want to do good for you. Isn't it? God is telling you that he is also your father. When you, when you become born again, God becomes your father. And if God is your father, then he cares about you. He loves you. He likes you with all your problems. Behold, what man of love the father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because he knew him not. Look at the next verse. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. You are not going to be a son of God or a daughter of God in some few years to come. When you are good enough. When you are nice enough. When you are more spiritual. When you are more whatever. No, it's now. Are you born again? If you are not born again, you need to be born again so that you can be part of what God is saying. Yeah. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. How do you become a child of God or a son of God? Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and verse 10. Very simple. It's a very simple principle. Very, very simple principle. He says that, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, if you confess that Jesus is Lord over your life, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So you confess his lordship, and you believe the fact that God raised him from the dead. That's all. You believe with your heart that God is a fact. The fact that God raised Jesus from the dead is a fact. Jesus, was, Jesus showed himself to more than 500 people when he rose from the dead. And there were so many beautiful things that happened that showed that he really rose from the dead. Let me show you some. Matthew chapter, chapter 27, verse 50. Matthew 27 from verse 50. It says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost, or he died. This was on the cross. And behold, when he died, behold, the veil of the temple was rent in, in, in twain. The veil, of, there was a thick veil that kept the holy place, the most holy place from every other place. The most holy place was where God's presence dwelt from Moses' time all the way. Do you see? So he says, when Jesus died, that curtain that separated God from human beings was torn into two from the top to the bottom. That curtain was as long, is it tall? As tall as twice this building. So nobody could have stood on top of it to tear it. And it, is, it was as, it, I think it was about 12 inches thick. No matter how strong you are, you can't tear it into two. And if it's going to be torn into two, it has to be torn, if it's, going, if it's a human being, it has to be torn from bottom up. Isn't it? But when Jesus said, without anybody being there, that veil tore from the top to the bottom. Signifying the fact that God has left that place and is now ready to mingle with man because Jesus has been sacrificed. Then it says, and the earth did quake. The whole earth shook. There was, an, there was a great earthquake. And the rocks rent. The rocks broke into pieces. This, these are things that happen when you say Zido. Look at the next verse. And the graves were opened. All the graves in Israel were opened. Wow. Has your father done something before? I mean, who, how many people have died and then all the graves, when they died, it didn't even die. It's not that they've been buried though. When they died, all the graves in the area opened. 
has your, has your father or your grandfather when he was being buried? Is that what happened? Is that, Jesus is the son of God. He's the power of God. I tell you. Look at this. And the graves were what? Were open. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Many bodies of the saints. Of people who had died and were, were people like Joseph. Like Moses. Like all these people. David and all these people rose from the dead. Look at the next verse. And came out of the graves after his resurrection. When Jesus was resurrected from the dead, all those people came with him out of the dead. And they went into the holy city and appeared unto many people. So someone will be farming and then all of a sudden, Abraham shows up. You see? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> My name is Father Abraham. We are out of the graves. I mean, has your father done something before? This is what happened when Jesus died. And they showed themselves to many people. So the fact that Jesus rose from the dead is a fact. All you need to do is to believe the fact that it is a fact. And it is a truth. It is something that actually happened. And when you believe that, he says that you shall be saved. Have you seen it? So, back, if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you'll see more there. Let's read 1 Corinthians 15 from verse 5. Let, let's read from verse 3 so that it makes more sense, okay? For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So the scriptures had prophesied it already. The Old Testament has spoken about it already. And when he came, he died. And he rose again from the dead on his own. Next verse. And that he was seen of, safe as Peter. He was seen of Peter, then of the twelve disciples. They saw him with their physical eyes. Next verse. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once. 500 people saw him at once. Jesus did not leave himself without testimony. He rose from the dead and he showed them himself, himself to them that I have actually risen from the dead. Have you seen it? Of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are falling, some are dead. This was when Paul was writing this particular letter. He says most of them are alive. You can, they can tell you the truth that they actually saw him with their physical eyes. And on a certain day, he ascended into heaven. He, just, he didn't just rise from the dead. He also ascended into the heaven. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Look at Acts chapter 9, 1, verse 9. And when this Jesus about Jesus. And when Jesus had spoken these things, while they beheld, while they were looking at him, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. He was taken up from among them. He was talking to his disciples. As he was talking to his disciples, he started levitating. He started going up. As though he was standing in a lift. <laughs> he was just going up like that. And they were all looking at him like that. They were surprised. This same Jesus, who, they know him. They knew his mother. They knew, they knew his natural father. Who was not actually his father. They knew Joseph. They knew his brothers and sisters. They saw him around. Like a, like a normal guy. Moving around. All of a sudden, he was ascending in front of them. As though he was in a, he was in a lift. Look at the next verse. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven. As he went up. All the disciples were looking. I don't know if you have a lighter version. Maybe a lighter version will help. I don't know if a lighter version will help. With this, he says, and while they were looking up to heaven with great attention, because they were sh- they were surprised, they saw the same Jesus they knew, the one they were they were eating with and moving around with, was now ascending, and they were looking at him with great attention. Then two men came to two men came to them in white clothing. Angels just appeared as he was going. Angels just appeared around them. Next verse, which also said, "Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing?" Let's read the lighter verse, please, baby. And said, oh men of Galilee, why are you looking up into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken from you into heaven, he was taken from them into heaven. He didn't have to die to go to heaven. He was taken physically into heaven. We will come again in the same way as you saw him 
go into heaven. So there's evidence, there's facts that he died and that he rose again on the third day and that he ascended into heaven after 40 days of ascension, of, of arising from the dead. So, all you need to do is to believe. If you believe, as soon as you believe, something happens to you. That if thou shalt confess, Romans 10, 9, with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine hand that God has risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Then it says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you believe with your heart, and then you confess with your mouth. Now as soon as you do that, something happens to you. You are immediately recreated inside now. Man is a spirit. Tony, but man is a spirit. Tony, but I am a spirit being. I have a soul. And I live in a body. If you read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, he'll show it to you. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Yeah, so pay very close attention. What I'm going to say is very, very important to you. It will really help you. Okay? It says, and the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God, your whole spirit. I pray God, your what? Your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this scripture lets us know that we are, we have a, we are spirit beings. Okay? And we have souls and we live in bodies. Have you seen a dead body before? I don't know if you have seen a dead body before. There's a cemetery just here. I can take you there so that you see. There are people in there. When someone dies, the body is here. If you open his head, you see his brain there. But if he was owing you, can you collect your money back? If he was owing you before he died, if he owed you 10,000 Ghana cities and he died with the 10,000, can you go and tell him that? Give me my money. Why? Because the person who is occupying the body is not there anymore. His rent has expired. He's gone. This is bad debt. Eh? He's gone. Because actually, you are not a body. You are, this is not you. This is just a casing. Have you seen coconut before? Uh-huh. You see there's water inside the coconut. Is that not the first thing you drink? Uh-huh. And then you can eat the flesh inside, isn't it? What do you do with the husk? Do you eat the husk too? You see, someone can eat coconut and put everything together fine and put it down as though it is still full. And you go for it, you open it and there's nothing inside. Yeah, because, you see, that, that, the outer part of the coconut is like your body. How many of you buy a perfume looking at the container? You look at the container, like, hey, this perfume container is very nice. Wow. And then you go and buy it and you spray yourself. You may buy a bochi. Do you know a bochi spray? <laughs> You'll be surprised. You spray it and house flies are following you. <laughs> I mean, you don't, you don't do that. The body is not, it's not, you are not the body. But you have, almost all of our ladies are into decorating the body a lot. You see them doing this so that they can have bottoms and hips. Ask the closest lady by you, what, what, what do you think about what they say? Yeah. I mean, they are, we wear to share everything that you can think about. Everything to decorate the body. And the guys are also hitting the gym, you know. This is a container you leave here. You leave the container here. <laughs> you leave the container here. I tell you. So you are not this. This is not you. Tell me, but this is not you. Yeah. The real you is inside this one. The one who is causing you to look at me. And here. Okay. And animating your body is your spirit. Now, 
I can, someone can say something very nice to you and you'll be happy. Isn't it? And someone can say something bad to you and then you'll be hurt. But the hurt is not physical. You see that it is not, it's not a body hurt. But there's an emotional, solical hurt. Do you see? Someone can say something that, that can make you angry. Where do you, which part of you gets angry? Is it your body that gets angry? Can somebody say I'm angry? No, there's something inside you. It's called your soul. So your soul is the one that gets angry, gets excited, gets, do you get it? But that is not, that is actually not the real you as well. The real you is a spirit. Okay? Spirit. Say spirit. spirit. Yeah. So you are a spirit being. You are not a body at all. So when you confess Jesus, the Lordship of Jesus on your life, and you become born again, you will see that if you are short, you don't become tall. <laughs> Who became tall when you became born again? You don't become tall. Isn't it? If you didn't know mass, <laughs> if you didn't know calculus, you will still not know calculus. <laughs> Even after being born again. If you didn't know algebra, you will still not know algebra after being born again. Is it true? Oh, is it true? If you didn't know S squared plus Y squared is equal to A squared plus B squared, you will certainly not know it after you become born again. Meaning that it is not your body that gets born again. Neither is it your mind or your soul that gets born again. Who is it that gets born again? Your spirit. So the one, the actual you is the one who becomes born again. Are you seeing it? Uh-huh. The actual you, the real you is the one who becomes born again. It's not your mind. It's not your body. But your spirit. If you were thinking foolishly before you became born again, the chances of you continue thinking foolishly is very high. Very, very high. Because it's not your mind that got born again. It's your spirit. So all the scriptures I was mentioning, okay, you remember, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, he says that, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called what? The sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because he knew him not. Then verse 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. Say, now are we the sons of God. Yeah. It is your spirit that has become a child of God. Not your soul, not your body. And your spirit man is recreated completely. You, you get a, a new spirit altogether. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. Look at Ezekiel 36, 26. Ezekiel 36, 26. These are things that have been spoken of in the Bible. Can you read this to me? Everybody, want to go. Hallelujah. Look at the next verse. Verse 27. Want to go. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Have you seen it? He says, I will give you a new heart, and I will give you a new spirit. I will give you a new spirit. So the day you became born again, you got a fresh new spirit. That is what is written in first, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. He says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He's what? A new creature. He's one that has never been seen before. A new spirit altogether. He's a new creature. Then it says, all things, all the things concerning that old man is gone. All things have become new. All things have become new. Then it says, and all these new things are of God. Meaning that God puts some things inside your spirit. 
Guess what? Everything you will need for your life, when you become born again, everything you need for your life, everything you need for your growth, everything you need for your development is given to you by God. Can you imagine? Everything you need for your success, all the money you need in your life is inside you. Do you like what I'm saying? All the, the, the holiness you need is inside you. All the righteousness you need is inside He's a new creature and God does not create a substandard thing. Everything God creates is perfect. So God gives you a perfect spirit. Now, let me show you some. Can I show you some? First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. First Corinthians 6, 16 and 17. I have too many scriptures to show you. If you are, if only you are interested. Oh, hallelujah. It says, What knowing not that he that is joined to an analog is one body, for two seeth he shall be one flesh. Verse 17. Then it says, But he that is joined unto the Lord is what? It's one spirit. Immediately you become born again, you are joined to God. And you become what? One spirit. Meaning that the new spirit that you have is actually the spirit of God. So if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, okay, verse, let's read from verse 13. 1 Corinthians 2, 13. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Have you seen it? We have received the spirit which is of what? Which is of God. What we have, our new man, your new self, is from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And because he's from God, he's perfect. He's complete. First John 4, 4. Ye are of God, little children. The word of means to originate from God. It says, ye are of God. You originate from God now. Are you, you're a human being, right? Meaning that you're born by other human beings, isn't it? How many human beings are born by trees? There's none, isn't it? So if you are born by God, what have you become now? You see, you can't say it. It's too heavy for your mouth. Because you know yourself. You know your soul. You know your body. But the actual you is actually of God. Ye are of God. Say, say ye are of God. Are of God. Say I'm of God. God. Yeah, he says you are of God. The word of, it means to originate. You, you originate from God now. So John chapter 1 verse 11 explains it very well. John 1 11, 12 explains it very well. He came unto his own. He says Jesus came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, have you received him? He says, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. When you receive him, he gives you power to become a child of God. A son of God or a daughter of God. The fact that the written son does not mean that you are not part of it. You are also part of it. Okay? Even to them that believe on his name. Have you believed on his name? Yeah. Next verse. Verse 13. Then it says, children which were born not of blood. So now that you are born again, your spirit man is not born out of blood. Nor of the will of the flesh. You are not born by the will of somebody, nor of the will of man, but of God. In other words, God himself is the one who gave birth to you. God has pushed you into being. James chapter 1 verse 18. Look at James 1 18. Of his own will. Of God's own will. Begat he us. Of his own will he gave birth to us. By with the word of truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So we are new creations. He says, all things are passed away. Are you born again? If you are not born again, you need to be born again so that your spirit man can be recreated. The spirit you have, if you are not born again, the spirit you have is bound for hell. That's the truth. Because what is inside your spirit cannot exist around God. It can only exist in hell. Sin, the nature of sin is inside your spirit. Do you see? And hence it is bound for hell. It is sin that takes people to hell. I'm not talking about the things you do. I'm talking about what you are. You do things, certain things because of what you are. Arm robbers don't think twice to kill people. They don't think twice to do some things because they are not born again. They actually, 
very confident about it. Charlie, I pop him, I pop him, I kill him sharp. They are very excited. But you can't kill anybody. You can't. It's not possible. Hallelujah. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He's a new creature. Say, I'm a new creature. Say it again, I'm a new creature. I'm a child of God now. It's now are we the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. So you are given a new spirit. Okay? A new spirit. You become new altogether. You are now of God. You are now a child of God. You now originate from God. Look at Colossians chapter, chapter 2, verse 9 and verse 10. For in him, for in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He says, Jesus is the container for the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, I in Jesus. He says, for in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Next verse. Then he says, and you are complete in him. Which is the head of all principality and power. We are complete in him. Now, which part of us is he talking? He's talking about spirit. We are complete. So your spirit man has everything he needs. I said all the money you need in your life is inside you. Can you imagine? All the cars you will ever drive are inside you. All the health you will ever need in your life is inside you. It was purchased for you by Jesus Christ. If you read in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Am I quoting too many scriptures? I, want you to, I don't want to use my words. I have to use the scriptures to let you see what I'm talking about so that you believe it. Okay? Yeah. If I'm telling you stories, you may not appreciate what I'm saying. But if I'm showing you the scriptures, you will know that I'm not. I didn't write the Bible. Did I write the Bible? I didn't write the Bible. The Bible was written by the inspiration of God. Yeah. God wrote it himself. God authored the Bible. He authored the scriptures. And human beings wrote it. Maybe I should show you that. So that you trust in the Bible very well. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. It says, for all scripture is given, is breathed. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, by, inspir- by the inspiration, by the breathing, the outbreathings of God. Have you seen it? All scripture, see all scripture, is given by the outbreathings of God. Yeah. Every scripture is God breathed. That's the amplified. God breathed, given by his inspiration. It is given by his inspiration. God gave it, and human beings wrote it down. So that book you are holding is not an ordinary book, it's God's words captured. For you and I. So, God's word must confirm his word. I hope you get it. Yeah. So, what I'm saying may not be true for you. But what God is saying is that it is true. He says, let God be true and all men be liars, including you. Hallelujah. So, look at this. He says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body. He's talking about Jesus Christ. He says, Jesus bear our sins in his own body on the tree. So that we being dead to sins. We being what? Dead to sins should live unto righteousness. So the day you became born again, your spirit man is dead to sin and now is alive to God and hence lives unto righteousness. Then it says, by whose stripes ye were healed. So your healing was your healing was acquired by Christ on the cross of Calvary. You are not going to be healed today. You were healed 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross. Do you understand what I'm saying? It says, by whose stripes you were what? Ye were, not you are going to be. You were healed. So all the healing you need has been acquired for by Jesus Christ. And it is inside you. He has put it inside your spirit. All the wealth you ever need in your life is inside you. Do you like what I'm sharing with you? Or you are surprised? So you don't, you see, you don't have to start calling God. God, do something for me. God, God is not going to do anything for you. What God needs to do for you, he has already done. How did he do it? He did it on the cross of Calvary in Christ Jesus. 
All you need to do now is to be born again. When you are born again, all of that comes into you. Who is one self better? Now, let's go to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's read from verse 21. 1 Corinthians 3, 21. It says, therefore, let no man glory in men. For all things are yours. Say, all things are yours. All things are mine. Say, all things are mine. All things are mine. Your spirit man has all things. He owns everything that you ever think about. Look at the next verse. It says, whether Paul or Apollos. It says, all preachers are yours. All safers. These were all preachers who were preaching at that time. It says, they are all for you. Then it says, all the world. The whole world is yours. Do you believe it? <laughs> Say, the whole world. It's mine. Then it says, all life. Life is yours. Meaning that you can enjoy life. And enjoy life and enjoy life and enjoy life till you are, you are tired. Meaning that you are not supposed to just die like a chicken. A lot of young people are dying. If you don't take a hold of the word of God, anything can just happen to you. One of the guys we know very well died just yesterday. Yesterday morning. He was just about, I think he was like 29. Just about to 10, 30. He's just gone. Yeah. If you don't know what has been given to you by God, you lose out on everything in life. You struggle in vain. You fall sick when you're not supposed to fall sick. You will be poor when you're not supposed to be poor. You will fail when you're not supposed to fail. Are you in the church? Hmm. It says, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death, death is yours. Can you imagine? Death said that is mine. Don't be afraid. Don't say it. Okay, keep your finger here. Go to if, uh, Hebrews chapter 2. Let's read verse 16. Hebrews 2, 16. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Next verse. Next verse. Go to verse 18. I don't want us to read too much. Okay? Um, show me the place where it says he has tasted death for every man. Same is actually chapter two. It's just I've just missed the verse. So show it to me quickly. He tasted death for every man, so that they who through death were all their lives subject to fear will be delivered. It's in chapter two. Please, quickly. Okay. Alright, so this is verse 14. It says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Jesus also, himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Next verse. So he has destroyed the one who has the power of death, right? Who is the one who has the power of, the de of death? The devil. Then he says, And deliver, so that he will deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So Jesus died so that he can take away the power of death away from Satan. And deliver all human beings who were afraid of death. And because they were afraid of death, they, didn't, they couldn't live well through life. I say it. Say death is mine. Death is mine. He says the world. Whether it's the world, whether it is life, whether it is death. Then he says whether it is things to come. Things present or things to come. All are yours. Everything is yours. Everything is inside. All that you ever need is inside. Wow. Are you surprised? I'm showing you more scriptures. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3. According as his divine power has given unto us all things. 
Say all things. He's given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Everything you ever need for your life. And everything you ever need for the God life. Living the God life. Remember, he says that he, he, he gave Jesus Christ to us so that we might live through him. All that you need to live has been given to you. All life. He says, according as the divine power has given unto us all things. Not some things. All things. All things. What do you need? Ask me about what do you need in life? So even before you start life, God has made you a success. Even before you start living, God makes you a success by virtue of the born again experience. If you are born again, you were a success already. Where is the success? It's inside your spirit. Your spirit man is a success. Your spirit man is of God. Your spirit man has everything that he needs for life and godliness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everything you need. Tell me about everything you need. Everything. Has been given to you. I think that is exciting to know, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, everything I need is inside. I don't need to travel to America to be able to succeed in life. If I don't get the opportunity to travel to America, it makes no difference. Isn't it? Makes no difference. You said I should read a message? Okay. It makes no difference. Makes no difference if your mother, your father did not look after you. He didn't say, all things that pertain to life and goodness have been given to you if your father looked after you. Is that what the Bible said? So you don't need, you don't need that. If you didn't have a father who looked after you, makes no difference. Your success is not based on him. Listen, he says, God cares about you affectionately and cares for you watchfully. If you didn't go to the best of schools, makes no difference. If you couldn't finish school, makes no difference. Your success is not based on all of that. All that you need for your success and for your life has been given to you. It's inside. Wow. All the money you ever need in your life is inside. All, that, all the people you need to help you to become anything are inside you. As you go on in life, you pull them out and you meet them. I feel like going home to go and sleep. You don't need to beg anybody for money. All the money you will need for your life is inside. Maybe you are trying to start a business and you are wondering what will happen. You are wondering what is going to, whether things are going to, all the wisdom you will ever need in your life. All the wisdom you will ever need in your life has been given to you. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. All the wisdom I need, all the wisdom I need, I will never make a foolish decision in my life. Sometimes, as a lady, you will have guys coming to propose to you. You can have about four guys proposing to you, and you don't know which one to choose. Has it happened to you before? Has it happened to you before? Has it happened to you before? Am I lying? You have a very nice guy coming. Another one also. Another one. They all say they like you. And they are all saying things. Baby. You know, the first day I saw you, I could not breathe. I want you to take my heart. And I'll run on batteries. They're saying things. And you are wondering, which one? They have all the specs you are looking for. 
Which one do you choose? There's something called the wisdom of God that is from above that is inside you. Look at this. It's, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. Jesus is made unto us wisdom. All the wisdom you need in your life has been put inside. Wisdom is the, is the ability to choose right, the right thing the first time and never regret your decisions. Do you see? Yeah. To choose the right thing the first time or to go the right way the first time. Just imagine somebody who is trying to do engineering. His aim is to do engineering or become an engineer, a mechanical engineer. Okay? And he's in a social, social science class. He does social science for four years. Then he will go to do uh, painting. He'll go and do metals or textiles for another four years. He's trying to do, he's trying to become a mechanical engineer. And then after finishing painting for, he spent eight years already, after finishing painting for another four years, then he'll go and do what? Psychology. You go and do psychology for another four years. That's 12 years. After that one, then you go and do what else again? Social uh, what? Business. You go and do business. His aim is to be a mechanical engineer. That is what he knows he's supposed to do. Is he not a fool? Guess what? There are many people in life who are actually fools. They have become fools. They don't know. Their aim is to get money. Their aim is to do well. Their aim is to succeed. Yet all their actions are opposite success. All their decisions are opposite becoming something. Yeah, because there's a force that is directing them. There's a force of wisdom that is inside that will direct you. The Bible says that wisdom is profitable to direct. Wisdom will direct you in life and take you where God has designed for you to be. Guess what? That wisdom is inside. Yeah. Wisdom from the spirit. Wisdom from God is inside. All the wisdom you need. Sometimes some people say that, oh, there's a witch chasing me. As for our family, the, the, witch, the, witch, the witch is in there. They, they have, they are tiabs. Do you know tiabs? <laughs> they are terminators, terminator, terminator five. They are wilder than commando, I tell you. They are wilder than first blood. How many of you have watched first blood before? Rambo. They are wilder. They are very wild guys. What's the new movie that is around? Action movie. Captain America, they are, are wilder than uh, Thanos. <laughs> the witches in my family are wilder than Thanos. Thanos was a very wicked guy, isn't it? Yeah. So, that is why we are not succeeding in life. We are not succeeding in life because of the witches in our family. We are not going forward because there's that, that you, know, you know, Ghana is too hard. It is hard for you, not for somebody. Not for me, of course. Economy. What is economy? God has given you all the, the economic system you need for your success is inside. Yeah, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. It says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And where is he? Where is God? And where is his glory? He's all inside. He are of God. Little children. It says, God is in you. Hmm? Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 verse 13 he says for God is at work in you both to will and to do of his own good pleasure God is inside you and guess what he's inside you with all of his economy wow so I don't function according to the economy of this world I function according to the economy of God which is inside me 
my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Go that's Philippians 4.19. Yeah, but my God shall supply all your need. He shall supply all your need according to what? Is it according to the economy of the country? Did he say economy, according to the economy of Ghana when the Kufado is president? Or according to the economy of Ghana when Muhammad wins again? Second coming of Muhammad. He didn't say that. All things, say all things, all things. Are, mine. are mine and they are in my spirit. So quit looking around you. If you are born again, stop looking around you. You are now a child of God. God is inside you. God is inside you with everything you can think about. All the wisdom you need. All the understanding you require for life. All the power. You don't, listen, no witch can touch you. No witch can touch you. Are you born again? No witch can touch you. Witches function according to your thoughts, your mindset. If you think witches can affect you, they will affect you. Please, which, which country are you from? China. Listen, they are supposed to be, China is supposed to be one of the wildest, whatever. They are supposed to be more superstitious than everybody. But they believe that they can do something with themselves. They don't think that the powers around can affect them. So it doesn't affect them. But we think that Africa is a dark continent. There are electron, electronics connected. There are some lights. Spiritual light poles connected to every place. Including your village. That is working. So you cannot succeed. Your mind has killed you. Yeah. We believe it. Guess what? All the power you will need for your life. All the power you will need for your life. All the power you will need to make it in life. To build off your way through life. To succeed and be the best that God has designed for you to be. Is inside you. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 19. Can you imagine if you, if you have this revelation in your spirit? Where can't you go? What can stop you in life? Yeah. God has done everything. God loves you so much. He has given you everything you need. Everything you need, everything you require for life and godliness, everything you require for success has been given to you. See how my success? You don't need to have any evidence, any physical evidence. Just believe what God has said. If God has said it, I believe it. And that's it. That's his Christianity. It's called faith. Faith is believing what God has done. Remember, it says that God was in Christ reconciling. God was in Christ doing something. God did something in Christ. All that he needed to do for you, he's done. He's done it. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Let's read the Amplified. We don't understand this one. We don't understand. Amplified. And so that you can know and understand. He says he wants you to know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. Look at it. He says immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in us and for us. So the power that is in me is bigger than the, 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 which is the power of the witches. Guess what? When you become born again, you are made a member of the body of Christ. So, go, go back to the King James. This is this power that he, he used to raise up Jesus from the dead. Okay? It's what is right inside you now. The power that God used to raise Jesus up from the dead is the same power that is inside you. No matter what is dead around you, that thing will have to come out to life. Why? Because the power that brings things to life is inside you. Romans 8, verse 11. But if the spirit, say if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead 
Yeah. He says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. And all of that power is inside you. If he that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he says he shall also quicken and give life to your mortal bodies by his spirit that lives inside you. All the power you need, all the power you need to get energy to do what God wants you to do, all the power you need to succeed in life is inside you. It's not outside. You, have, you already have everything you need for life. Wow. The day I found this out, I stopped looking around. I quit looking around. I used to think about my uncles. I used to think about my uncle in, in, in UK. That maybe one day he'll come and pick me up. If he's coming to pick me today, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're also depending on some uncles and some aunties. And you think that life is going to be good because of some money that is here and there. You are calculating, when I leave school, I'll do this. When, I, this, when I'm doing my business, or this is my business, this is what I'm coming. Do you know spirit of disappointment? <laughs> There's a spirit called the spirit of disappointment. You'll be surprised. They'll disappoint you. Do you know what they were? <laughs> you don't need all that. Tell me about you don't need all that. Need all, that. all that you need that. has been given to you. And it's in you. It's in Christ in you. Wow. Yeah. We are made members of the body of Christ. And because we are made members of the body of Christ, back to Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 19, he says that, and what he wants you to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power, which is at work in you and for you who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, or which he worked in Christ. God worked the power in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. That same power set Jesus Christ at the right hand of God at, in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might. And dominion and every name that is named. Some people say that, oh, we are not going to, we can't do it because of the environment we are in. We are in Accra, we are in Kumase. Nogopo is working. Ho, this one, I'm just coming from Ho. I had a very nice meeting in Ho. We have a very lovely church in Ho. And we are growing. The services have more than 200 people inside 220, 230, 240. Yeah, and they've been there for just two years. Imagine what we'll be doing there in five years' time. Whether Nogopo is there, or Papakpo is there, or Antikpo is there, or Ankupo is there. It makes no difference. I carry the power of God, and therefore whatever I do works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Never say, my business is not going to work because of one or two things. So my life is not going to work because of, hey, brother, have you forgotten who you are? If you don't know who you are, if you don't know what you have, you will never have multiplication. There was a day in the Old Testament. That a certain woman whose husband was a prophet died. And the husband was owing many people. And died in poverty. And the debtors came to come and take the woman's two sons as replacements to serve for the debts to be cleared. They, took the, they were taking the two sons away. And she went to the prophet Elisha to go and see him. And she said to him, prophet, your son, who was a prophet, died. Told, that, told him the story. And then she said that they have come to come and take my two sons away. What do I do? Do you know what the prophet asked her? The prophet asked her, what do you have? Ah! Did you understand the, the question, the, what I just told you, Mr. Prophet? Mr. Prophet, do you understand what I just told you? I think that's what she should have said. I just told you that I don't have anything. Eh? They have come, they are come, they are come to take my children away. And I've come to you asking me what I have. The prophet told her, look, come through your mind. What? Because listen, there's nothing can happen for you. Okay? 
if you don't know what you have, because it's what you have that can be multiplied. If you don't know what you have in life, if you don't know what God has done you, what God has made you, your success is not in you. And Elisha said unto him, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou? This is 2 Kings 4:2. What, what hast thou in that? What do you have in your house? And she said, Your handmaid has not anything in the house except a pot of oil. She had something. It was a pot of oil. The prophet said, That is it. This is what you need. Then he told her, go, to, go and borrow some bigger vessels. And when you build the bigger vessels, close your door. He told her to shut your, shut your door behind you. You see, if you are going to succeed, you need to shut certain doors in life. You need to focus on what you have. Eh? I'm not the one saying it. He says, and when thou art coming, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy son. Shut your door. You are looking around too much. You are a child of God, but then you are looking, you are thinking of eh, eh, all kinds of things. This one will help me. If only I can go to this hospital. This is my sickness to go. Your sickness will not go. Oh, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Ask about King Asa. King Asa depended on hospitals. And he died for He paid for it. He died. Earlier on in his life, when he didn't have anything and he was in trouble, he contacted God. When he had money, he thought his money could cure him. He was moving around. Cancer is not far away from people. What to cure your cancer and what to cause cancer not to come to you is to know the power of God that is inside you. Life is spiritual. Have you seen cancer with your eyes before? Nobody knows how it comes. People sleep and wake up with cancer. That's why they don't know. They say early detection saves you. But you wouldn't know. You can be moving around. A friend of ours died no longer ago. He was moving around. Everything was fine. He went to the hospital one day. He was coughing. So he was taking vitamin C. He was coughing. His throat was becoming so. He was taking vitamin C for a long time. It was not going. Then one day he went to the hospital when they said it was throat cancer. And that the cancer had spread all over his body. Six weeks later he died. He was just 30 something. Yeah. If you don't concentrate on the power of God inside. Anything. I mean you are subject to the elements of the world. Wow. He told her shut the door behind you. And pour the pot of oil into those bigger vessels. Guess what? The pot of oil never ceased. That small pot of oil that you had was always was increasing, was multiplying. Your multiplication is dependent on your knowledge of what you have. So listen, from henceforth, start getting to, I mean, start concentrating on the fact that you have something. Start meditating on the word of God. Concern, you see, the word of God is a mirror. So your healing is not out there. Your healing is in here. So in Philippian, Philemon chapter 1 verse 6, look at Philemon 1 6. It shows you how. All these things are inside. Now how do you bring them out? It shows you in the scriptures. It's a very simple thing. It's a very simple thing. Two things. It says, I pray that the communication, the word communication is sharing. It's the same word from, it's a, it's a word koinonia. It means to share. It says, I pray that the sharing, the expression of your faith, the sharing of your faith will become effective. It will become effective. Your faith will become effective. Your faith will produce results. You will get fruits. He's talking about bringing forth fruits. Do you see? Bringing forth what? Fruits. Having results. Everything is in your spirit. But you look outside. Everybody who is born again has this in their spirit. You have all your healing is inside. All your health is inside. All your money is inside. All your goodness. All your success. Everything is inside. It's inside you. It's not anywhere. It's inside you. And you can, be walk, you can walk around with God and be looking for God. God is inside. You are carrying God, but then you are looking for God from a certain prophet, from this one, from this one. God is not in any of those people. God is inside you. You have become God's address now. Yes, you have become God. If anybody is looking for God, he must look for you. You are now God's address. Say, I'm God's address. God's address. Yeah. 
But because of lack of knowledge, he says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. Because you don't know what you have become. This is the age-old trick of the devil. The devil came into the Garden of Eden and told Adam and Eve, if you eat this fruit, you shall become like gods. They were already gods. They were trying to become what they were, they were already. This is an age-old problem. Trying to become what you already are. God has made you. Stop looking. God has made you. Tell me, but stop looking. God has made you. He says, I pray that the communication of your faith will become effective. How? By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. By the acknowledging of every good thing which is where? In you. He acknowledges that. He says the fact that everything is in you. Every good thing that you need is in you in Christ Jesus. Wow. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. See, I'll never go down in my life. I'll keep going higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. The Bible says the path of the justice are the shining light that shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. If you are born again, your path is upward movement only. Listen, I'm sharing these things with you because you are young. You are young. And you can do something with the word of God. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But you are young. You are a young dog. You can learn new tricks. Yeah. You can become what God wants you to become. That's why I'm sharing. You can succeed. You can go everywhere in the world. You can be the biggest thing that you ever thought about. Yeah. That's what God has designed for you. God likes you. Listen. God like, And God is pleased with you. God calls you his beloved. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. He says that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us. Every blessing you need in your life has been given to you. He says who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. With all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. In heavenly place in Christ. So in Christ. You have all spiritual blessings. And Christ is inside you. All the spiritual blessings that you need. All the blessings you ever need in your life is inside. Stop looking for blessings. Wow. It's all inside. You have to pull out those blessings. How? By acknowledging the fact that I am blessed. Do you see? You have to start acknowledging the fact that I am blessed. I am blessed. I am the blessed of God in the earth. I'm like Abraham. I'm blessed and a blessing to the world. The moment you start acknowledging the fact of God's word and the fact of what he has done for you, you start seeing results in your life. Look at Exodus verse 4. According as he has chosen us. See, I'm chosen. So the word of God shows you what you have become. Just like a natural mirror. Okay? Your mirror shows you what you are. Is it true? Your mirror shows you your face and shows you whether your stomach is becoming bigger or not. Whether your bottoms are becoming bigger or not. Whether your head is becoming bigger or not. Whether your nose is becoming bigger or not. If you are checking your mirror very well, you will see how you are. The Bible lets us know that the word of God is also a mirror. And it's a mirror not for looking at your, your physical face, but it's a mirror for looking at your spiritual self. Your, the word of God shows you who you really are. Your spiritual self. What you are. That's why all the things I've been saying is from the Bible. Have you noticed? It's just showing you who you really are. So in James chapter 1, verse 21, look at James 1, 21. He talks about something very important over there that you and I need to know. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. It says, begin to do the word. The word doers means to act out the word. Begin to act out the word. What is the word of God saying to you? If the word of God is saying that you are healed, what do you do? Start acting out healed. 
He says, by whose stripes you were healed. I was healed a long time ago. So what is this pain I'm feeling in my body? What is this sickness I'm feeling in my body? What is this weakness I'm feeling? What is this thing that they're telling me in the hospital that I have, I have a cancer? I have a, my kidneys are failing. My bladder is not working. What is this they're saying? That is not me. You check your mirror. What mirror is that? The word of God. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. You deceive yourself. If you don't do, if you don't act out the word. Look at the next verse. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man. Beholding his natural face, looking at himself in a glass, in a mirror, the way glass is mirror. For he beholdeth, BB, BB, this beholdeth and glass and, you don't understand. BB, let's read from verse 20, 23. Because if any man is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man looking at his natural face in a glass. He's, not, he's looking at his natural face in a glass or in a mirror. For after looking at himself, he goes away. And in a short time, he has no memory of what he was like. The king says, what manner of man? He forgets what manner of man. Brother, you were a manner of man. God has made, we are perfect in Christ. We are complete in Christ. We are healed. We are strong. We are a success. We are rich. We are wealthy. We are glorious in Christ. Don't forget what, what man of man you are. So the word of God is that mirror that you look at. It shows you who you are and helps you acknowledge what you have become. So Peter talks about not becoming barren in the knowledge of God. Don't be a Christian or don't be a child of God who is barren in the knowledge of God. Let me show it to you. Second Peter chapter 1. Let's read from verse 8. It says that for if these things be in you and abound, they make you so that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful where? In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you seen it? The other place says that you become effective. Your faith will start working by acknowledging every good thing. By getting to know every good thing. And acknowledging it. Agreeing with it. That truly what God's word says is true about me. Do you see what I'm talking about? So that you know that what God, this is what God says. If God says it, I believe it. Whose word is higher than God's own? One of our brothers just found out three weeks ago that his father has not been his father all this while. And he's 24. Yes. He was told that this is your father. Since he got to know that this is life. This is the man he has known as his father. He even looks like him. The one you live like, you live with, you look like. Whoever you live with, you begin to look like. With time. It's the truth. Having to know that your mother and father, they look like, they look alike. Especially those who love each other. Those who don't love each other, they don't look alike. But those who love each other, they begin to meet. Hey! They begin to look alike with time. Is it true? Uh-huh. Whoever you... So they, they told him that this is your father. It's not, it wasn't. Three weeks ago, he got to know that it wasn't their father. And he, he met the father after a week. Yeah. Two weeks ago, he met his father. Wow. The Bible says that if we believe in the testimony of men, if you believe in what men see, if you believe that a man says that he can fly a plane from here to America and you'll get to America safe and sound, and you sit in the plane without asking the pilot questions, you ask the pilot, Mr. Pilot, are you okay? Is this your first time? Do you ask if it's his first time? No, you just sit inside and you pull your, you push your chair back and you relax. You put your trust and your faith into the pilot. Maybe he's thinking about suicide and he's thinking about dying with you and you have no idea. 
He will fly you straight into a mountain. And then you're off. You believe in men, isn't it? You trust in men. It's in First John, First John 5. Man. It says, if you receive the witness of men, if you receive the testimony of men, the witness of God, the testimony of God is greater. What God says is greater than what man says to you. Have you seen your hearts before? But they've told you that you have a heart. Maybe yours are batteries. You don't know. Maybe yours are batteries. You don't know. You are running on batteries and you don't know. You are, you are running on solar panels and you don't know. If the sun does not shine, you are in trouble. <laughs> Say the witness of God is greater. Yeah. And God has said so many things concerning what he has made you. I'm healed. I'm blessed. I'm rich. I'm great. I'm a success. I'm going somewhere in life. My future is bright. My future is so bright. So all you need to do to, to get these things working in your life is by acknowledging them. Please do you understand? And how do you acknowledge them? You must get to know them so that you can acknowledge them. So Peter was saying that don't become unfruitful and barren in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because actually, go to, go to first, second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. It says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge. All these nice things that I knew show up through knowledge. It says, through the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Have you seen it? So the more you know, that is why we come to church. The more you come to church, the more you stay in the house of God. And the more you hear the right word. It's not just, I mean, you can go to a place, they'll tell you how much of a sinner you are. That, you don't need that. They'll tell you that, oh, you know, because you did this, that's why this one is happening to you. It's not true. Every good thing is from God. God likes you. Tell me about God likes you. John 10, 10. Have you read John 10, 10 before? Let's read John 10, 10 in the Amplified. See, I'll never fail in my life. Do you know how this church started? This church started with a few people in December 2011. We started a church in uh, November 2011. In December 2011, 31st December 2011, the crossover service was with five people. We sat in a circle. Do you know a circle? We, sat, we were so few that we could sit in a circle and have discussions. When it was 12 1, we said, Oh, you are welcome to 2012. You are welcome. You are welcome. We just shake people. You are welcome. Yeah, that was how we crossed over. This is just one of our churches. This is just one. It's not, we have 28 churches. This is just one. There are 27, hold on, don't clap. There are 27 functioning in other places right now as I'm talking to you. How many years has it been? Very few years, just about eight years. Seven, eight years. How, how do you succeed with whatever you are doing? I've been in school like you. Eh? I was also a student at a point. I finished school at a point. I was also working, trying to look for money. When I stopped looking for money and started concentrating on the word of God and started thinking on what God's word has said concerning me, money started looking for me. Stop, listen, stop, I'm just showing you, stop struggling in vain. Okay? If I tell you what God gives me, you will not, you, you, you will say you, you become a pastor like me. You just, Yeah. Between December and January. Oh, I tell you, what people are looking for, free of charge, God gives it to me. So, and it's all because I acknowledge every good thing that is in me, in Christ Jesus. I will never be depressed in my life. Yeah. Joy is in my spirit. 
Yeah. Joy is in my spirit. Joy is in my the joy of God is in my spirit. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I will never go down. Every year I'll get better and better and better. You think I'm a success? Wait for another five years. You'll be surprised. Tell anybody you think I'm a success? Wait for five years. You'll be surprised. You can't see me. You can't see me. Just start seeing me now. Tell anybody start seeing me now. You better make contact with me now. Because after five years, you will need you will need a phone call to be able to come. You need to book an appointment. Hey! See, I'm a success! I'm going higher! Yeah, going higher. Look at this. It says the thief cometh only in order to kill, to steal and kill. He's talking about the devil. The devil is the, the thief, no matter who, who tells you what. This is the devil he's talking about. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill. You think that killing you is enough. The devil's aim for you is not just to kill you. It is to destroy you in hell, in the lake of fire. That's his job in your life. Don't give him attention. Then Jesus says, I came that day you may have life. Have and enjoy life. And have it in abundance. To the full till it overflows. This is God's will for you. This is God's job for you. This is what God wants for you. God calls you his beloved. God likes you. Even though you've not... Listen. Ephesians 1, 4, eh? He says that... Go, go to that place quickly. Let's, according as he has chosen us in him. I'm chosen. See, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Bef- in, in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him. In love. Next verse. Verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of his will. Next verse. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Then he says, wherein he has made us accepted... In the beloved. We are accepted in the beloved. You are God's beloved. I'm, t- I'm trying to let you. God likes you. God says you are his beloved. You are his beloved son. Just as he called Jesus his beloved son. He calls you his beloved son as well. In Matthew chapter 3. Verse 16. Look at Matthew three sixteen. Jesus was going to be baptized. Jesus had not done even one miracle. Jesus had not done anything in his life. He says, and Jesus went as he was going to be baptized. The Spirit of God came upon him like a dove and lighted upon him. Next verse, verse, verse 17. And he says, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus had not done anything, yet God called him his beloved and that he is well pleased in him. God calls you his beloved even though you have not done anything. You are his beloved. Say, I am his beloved. Hit your chest like you mean, I'm his beloved. And he is well pleased with me. Yeah. So never think about never think about God as a terrible person. God likes you. God loves you. And he's well pleased with you. And he's taking you somewhere. Just start paying attention to him. Start paying attention to his word. Go to the right places so that you can hear the right thing. So that you can be you can be developed in the right way. Because you need the knowledge of God. You need the accurate knowledge of God to become who God has called you to become and express the grace and the greatness of God that is inside your spirit. Have you been blessed? Stand up on your feet and thank God for what I shared with you. In two minutes, just thank him. Thank him for what I shared with you. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app. 
plug in and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.